Welcome to Crafted with Cradle, a curated conversation over cocktails with Charlotte's Best. My name is Quentin Talley, and I'm Artistic Director of ONQ Productions, and I'm Crafted with Cradle. Welcome to another edition of Crafted with Cradle. I'm your host, Dr. Keith Cradle, and this is your art-focused podcast for curated conversations over cocktails with some of Charlotte's finest. And so as always, before we get started, I want to thank Jason Jett, who does our theme music, jasonjettmusic.com. Make sure you check him out. The boy's blowing up right now. Our producers and our sponsors, Sweet929 and at JSW Media. I think Jam is hiding somewhere around the corner. How you doing, sis? And on top of that, remember, if you like listening to these voices, then you can always check out the shenanigans via simulcast on Sweet929.tv because our homeboy and producer and all the way around the way made man Chuck Holiday is doing his thing behind the camera. And it's also we'd like to brand, 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 as Jamika tells me I have to do. Remember, the book is out. Cut the check on the website, KeithCradle.com. If you don't have a copy, make sure you get you one makes great for holiday stocking stuffers now let's get into it um this this show is going to be pretty pretty interesting um we got two of my faves here tonight um and i'm going to go ahead and introduce them but i'm going to allow them to introduce themselves so y'all give a warm crafted wood cradle welcome to wendy hickey and marvin espy <sighs> what's up what's up what's up what's up, what's up? how y'all doing all right, so Wendy, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you real quick. Okay. Go ahead and talk about who you are and give them a little insight on Art Pop Street Gallery. Well, thank you for having me here tonight. I'm Wendy Hickey, and I'm the founder and executive director of Art Pop Street Gallery. And since 2014, we've provided an advertising platform to local artists in their own community, not just in Charlotte but across the country. And we've provided over 20 million dollars of ad space to 350 artists across the country. And and slight disclaimer, I'm on the board now. Yes, you are. So I so I appreciate the opportunity. Um, but it has nothing to do with this interview. But more importantly, with the work that you're doing. And to your right, who's that guy? This is Marvin Espy. I am a local artist and a 2019 Charlotte Art Pop recipient. Proud yes. to be. So we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, how you go about the selection process. Um, what our pop is doing, people who should be familiar with it, who aren't familiar with it, make sure we get enough information on that. But before we even get there, this is a drinking podcast. So we always start this question to everybody who comes on. What is your favorite go-to cocktail? If you were in a line, the bar is getting packed and people got it they're behind you, like, is she done yet? What would you tell the bartender you needed right there on the spot? Vodka, club soda, lime, and if I got to um, make my choice of vodka, it would be Hanger One. Tell, tell, tell people about Hanger One, because I know so, we, we're both Kettle One folk, and yes, all of a sudden now. Yeah, so for years I was a Kettle One drinker, and, um, and I don't know if I should say this or not, but I drink my vodka typically on the rocks with lime. Mm. Um, love Kettle One. And then I discovered this product known as Hanger One, which is out of uh, the San Francisco area, and it's Phenomenal, and you should try it. <laughs> okay, Marvin. Apparently, uh, I'm a brandy. You just discovered. Did you just? And as I discovered, did you just discover it? Discovering because uh, I'm enjoying what I have, and I don't know what brand it is. Maybe. Well, that is a French brandy, uh, Saint Remy. Okay. So, and and it's not it's not expensive at all. Yeah. And, and you probably you know go buy you know ABC store and pick a bottle up. Yeah. You'll probably enjoy it. I, I imagine I will. But we've had some conversations on craft beers, too, though. So, so yes. tell people about your craft beer experience so far. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the last maybe seven years, uh, as Charlotte has become more of a craft beer town, I've come along with it. And um, uh, like a lot of people, when they're young, they might try the Coors Light or Miller Light. And I don't want to disparage any brand. But um, I I never never really enjoyed those very much, mm-hmm. and uh, so when they have dollar drinks and dollar slices, I'm not the one. But <laughs> I love a good stout, especially like an imperial stout or 
uh, uh, oatmeal stout or chocolate stout that's if bougie. It pour, pours out. It sounded real bougie over Very there. good. Very good stuff. Okay. So, Wendy, now where are you from? Um, well, that's a great question. I'm a military kid, so I've grown up all over the world. But, so where are you not um, from then? Uh, that's more like it. So in a, in a short conversation, I say I'm from Merle's Inlet, South Carolina. Is that towards Charleston? It is. It's okay. um, closer to Polly's Island than it is Charleston. Gotcha. But it's a sweet little fishing town with some good seafood and some good people. How, many, how, much, how, many, how much time did you spend there? Uh, probably about 10 years. So that was the one place I lived the longest in my life, so I say I'm from there. What other places in between? Oh, my word. Uh, West Virginia, Hawaii, California, Japan, South Carolina, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan and now back to North Carolina. It's almost like children. Can you name them all? <laughs> um, I think I can. Okay. And why does anyone ever want to leave Hawaii? Well, Hawaii was amazing, but I was a I was a really young child. Okay. So I, I I was born in West Virginia, and literally I think within thirty days my um, my parents got orders to Hawaii. So I was a very young child, and I actually left there during kindergarten. Or had I been older, I probably would still live there. I no, imagine. That's right. Mm-hmm. Marvin, where are you from, brother? Born and raised in the other Queen City, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Ohio. Is that is that Porkopolis? Is that what they call it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Regretfully, Regretfully, yes. Yes. So I visited Cincinnati a few times, um, and they used to have these. Well, the, well, the pig. Well, I think the, the the pig farming industry is huge in Cincinnati. But okay. the time that I went, and this is maybe about ten or fifteen years ago. Well, I've been back since then. But that time I went. They were doing um, outdoor installations of pigs painted yeah. all different colors. So artists, local yeah. artists had an opportunity to, you know, and the pigs all looked the same, but they would place them all around, almost like Charlotte the Rocking Chairs okay. a few years back. They would take these pigs and paint them as, you know, for the artists. So, okay. and they, and they, and they'd be all over public streets. That's right. Uh, Pittsburgh did something similar with dinosaurs. I think a lot of cities yeah, have done. Do they need to bring things. the Rocking Chairs back, man. That would be good. That, that would was good. a good installation. Yeah, Cincinnati. It's a German settlement. So when you when you drive into uh, Cincinnati, there's Kahn's Wiener is one of the largest manufacturers mm-hmm. there. And as you drive up 75, you smell pork. You smell bacon. Exactly. In there. Exactly. And then you smell Gil- Gilby's gin because there's a Gilby's plant right really? after that. Really? I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. You can smell it in the air. And 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 is there is there a certain I I might be getting it wrong, but a, a kind of sausage. That they like a sausage like cons wieners. Is that is, the, that's the that's the pork? Uh, you don't say manufacturer, but that's the that's the place. The cons wieners, and that's where you smell that bacon smell right just outside of downtown Cincinnati. And and what Skyline Chili? Oh yeah, that's right. Skyline Chili. Speaking to my heart. I, I, listen, I've never seen chili with that much damn cheese. It's a lot of cheese. <laughs> They literally listen. They literally have a mountain cheese. I don't even know why you call it chili because yeah. it's it's all cheese. It's it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. My my daughter was born in Charlotte. Oh, she, actually, she was born up uh, upstate New York, but she's lived in Charlotte most of her life. So when we go to Cincinnati and we stop at Skyline Chili, the first time she got it, because you know at home you say, "Hey, baby, don't use up all the cheese." You know what I mean? Because you got you know you got so much cheese at the it's house. All, but you go to Skyline, and when it came out with this mountain of cheese. cheese. She thought she'd done something wrong. I was like, no, you know, that, that's yours. I never yeah. understood. I mean, I, I, I'm i lactose intolerant, so I couldn't even. <laughs> oh, but if you are that. lactose intolerant, just looking at it, yeah. we'll send you running. Oh. That's my ha- Skyline is my happy Skyline place. Skyline Chili. Yeah. Yes. So now we talked about Chili. Let's talk about some art. Wendy, tell everybody what Art Pop Street Gallery is all about. So what... What Art Pop Street Gallery is all about is that we provide an advertising platform to artists. So we want to make sure that there's no speak of starving artists. We want we provide billboards, newsstands, airports, bus sides, you name it, anywhere that you would normally see an advertisement. So think about anywhere you would see a Budweiser advertisement or a local furniture store. Instead of seeing that, you're going to see local artist art right in their own community so you can get to know who your local artists are. And how did you come up with that idea? Well, for 22 years, I sold billboard advertising, and uh, that was my amazing career that I had for a lot of years, and I just took what I 
uh, was doing for brands and um, for businesses and wanted to help artists. Um, my gift, I believe, is marketing artists. That's what I do. So I just took all of the things that I knew from, um, from my career and put that into helping local artists. And it's been amazing for the last six years. So when you, when you approached that idea, what did the art scene look to you? Did it, where did you notice there was a gap for artists that you said, hey, this can happen? Well, it all started for me um, being in the in the um, advertising business. I knew how well the medium worked for for businesses. So um, I joined a board of directors. So this is a little sidebar conversation. I joined a board of directors for a Pocono Arts Council in the in Pennsylvania, and um, I was thinking, you know, what am I really going to do as a board member and um, in serving our local community? And it was it was like an epiphany. the The light bulb went off. You know, you sell billboard advertising for a living. Why don't you give um, why don't you give artists billboard space? So I took that idea to my boss, and that's how it all started back years and years ago, like early 2002 in Pennsylvania. And, uh, and the reason why that started was because I wanted to serve the, the board position that I was on well, but what was happening is I, I joined the Arts Council because I love local art, love, love, love the arts, and every artist that I would talk to probably I'd say nine out of ten, the same thing they would say to me, Wendy, I just don't know how to market myself. Hmm. I don't know I don't know how to put my work out there. I don't know how to talk about my work. I don't know how to be known. And I thought, damn it, I'm gonna do something about that. And that's where it all came from. And I'm and I'm glad you brought up that concept of the starving artist. We we've talked about that, you know, in both seasons of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think that is still prevalent and why is that being said? I mean it's, it becomes a misnomer almost in the mm-hmm. art community, the starving artists. Why do you think that is? You know, I think I think it comes back to the, what I just said. Most of the artists don't know how to market themselves, so that's the whole creation of Art Pop Street Gallery is to make sure that artists are not a secret, that people know who they are, that they uh, that we're putting this right in their own community so they can reach out to them. And why that still exists, I think it's just because the artists, a lot of times, just don't know how to communicate about their work, don't know how to price their work, um, haven't been in a gallery, haven't been in that situation before. And uh, But we, we truly hope to rid that word. It, that, that is so upsetting to me to hear the word starving artist. It just shouldn't be. So Marvin, you're an artist. Are you starving? <laughs> no. no. Uh, I'm, well, no. I'm fortunate that uh, <laughs> I spend a long time uh, working outside of art in the corporate sector. And I have a very supportive wife who works. But um, I appreciate Wendy because... Uh, that you know, in the United States, art is an elitist kind of uh, uh, asset to the country. It's it's a place where people who have uh, they they delve in those in those places, mm-hmm. and I think it's because uh, Americans in general have have not traditionally embraced the artist the way maybe some other countries appreciate. Uh, the craftsman, mm-hmm. the 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 person who can um, create something with their hands, whether it's visual art or whether it's um, building a guitar or a violin, and so uh, traditionally the art that we've appreciated in the United States is European art mm-hmm. because that's the those are the countries where art and the artist are most celebrated, celebrated. and so we appre- we think that the masters and we. Re- we refer to them as the masters, as being Europeans, and it's not th- those masters that we're talking about. They weren't the wealthy. They were. They Maybe were sponsored by people. Yeah, and so uh, I think um, you know Charlotte. Uh, I'm hoping is starting to pick up on the idea that art is valuable to our community, and uh, something like um, Art Pop Street Gallery is doing way more than just providing advertising for the artists. So talk about that. Talk about how yeah. it's, it's impacted, you know, your latest run. Yeah, well, that's know. easy to speak to because uh, while I live in South Park now, I grew up in a place more similar to West Charlotte. Okay. And uh, But only in Cincinnati. And uh, in Cincinnati, as a boy, billboards were everywhere in my community. But the billboards were for Cools, Filthy Kings. They were for Colt 45 Malt Liquor. Fast food. Uh, they were for Popeyes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so our uh, the billboards were there as a way 
to uh, milk that community uh, with advertising that went somewhere else. I love the idea of taking something that is a traditionally an elitist uh, wear and bringing it straight into a community that would otherwise uh, just be seeing billboards for cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Now we're seeing art, and not just uh, not just any beautiful art, but art from uh, a whole spectrum of people, whether mm-hmm. they're white, black, or where mm-hmm. they're from. And so I love that. You know, the first time I saw a billboard, I was coming down Beatty's Ford Road, and I thought, "Wow, that's beautiful. What what's that doing there?" And so I, I appreciate that as much as the advertising that as an artist. I appreciate the the seven year old or the ten year old or the fifteen year old on in West Charlotte or or in Rock Hill who sees a billboard with art on it and thinks, Wow, I could do that. That's what I like. So so speaking of the billboards, and I ask this question, you know, a lot, particularly because, you know, now that art is being, I think, embraced on some levels, mm-hmm. you know, the murals are big in Charlotte now. Yes. Um, talk about, you know, the, the two of you, talk about your experience with you, you seeing murals now going up and what do you think that means for our city? I just, I, I can, to me, it's only good um, for, for murals to come to our town and people being able to engage with that I think it just sets the bar at a higher level they're um, they're highly regarded people crowd around them they take pictures with them it brightens up our city so I can only think that would raise the level of the want and and need for more of that in our community I love it I love it I think it's great and more of it please yeah and I you know as an artist I appreciate the skill that goes in where when someone can do a piece of art that's four stories tall or that covers you know uh, a large development that's you know we 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 admire architects we are we admire people who can raise great funds but when you can take an image and and beautify a whole city block or a whole community with one huge wall to do something at that scale uh, I admire the you know, the craft and, and how talented that artist is. Yeah, and I love that it just brings folks together. You know, it brings communities together. It allows people to have conversations and, and come together. People are, if, if there's a group of people looking at a mural, I think you all all, all of a sudden have something to mm-hmm. talk about and share with each other. So I, I love that part of it. How do we, how do we get <laughs> arts marketed to younger generations? I think particularly for NPOs that deal with artists, mm-hmm. particularly for artists who are trying to sell works, how do we galvanize the next set of folk that will be a part of this community? Because, you know, you think about older folk, they're going to eventually die off. I mean, that's just life. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's, going to be a, there's going to be, I think, a void in terms of buyership for folk that in their, you know, late 30s, 50s, they're buying art, but sooner or later, you know, they're going to be tapped out. You can't keep squeezing folk to buy more art and particularly around wall space in their homes. So your next group is going to be, you know, this under 35. How do we get them more involved in organizations like Art Pop, but more, and also how do we get them involved into art buying? Well, I got a lot of thoughts on that. I mean, you know, we're, we're a society that doesn't value art enough to teach it in school, right? Because uh, we, we believe that uh, the all these other uh, educational platforms are more critical, but um, you know we we learn math and think that math isn't associated with art, and, and you got you gotta uh, I, don't, I don't even know where to start. I, I just think that there first we got we got to get art back in our classroom because when we take art away. Um, kids aren't knowing how to apply what they're learning in literature. How do you visualize that? Or what you're learning in um, uh, mathematics and engineering, well, how do you make that uh, aesthetically pleasing? And what do, what do you do with that? So uh, if it's not in our schools, I don't know how the next generation is going to have an appreciation for art when they haven't even learned about it as 
I mean, it's not even regarded enough for them to be taught about it. And so um, my only hope is that if there is a, a period of void where new art isn't being created, that uh, as with anything that becomes rare, maybe the appreciation will come because um, original art becomes more rare. Then maybe there'll be a resurgence of people who want to collect something that's rare, and maybe that will inspire the next generation to buy it. And you can only hope that with um, with social media and the interest level and the age group that you're talking about in social media and the visual side of the arts and being able to be more exposed to that. But one of the things that we addressed just started this year at um, at Art Pop was. Um, adding a senior high school student component so that young artists are able to participate in Art Pop and receive all the benefits of Art Pop and also receive a scholarship to study the arts in college. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that's going to be, um, there's going to be less interest in the arts. I think it's just a part of it being part of school, part of um, people's families, part of tradition, whatever that, whatever mm -hmm. that might be. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I just, um, I don't know that I don't think that it's gonna it's gonna dwindle. I really don't. Um, only about thirty percent of our population goes to a gallery or museum, so that's another great thing about Art Pop Street Galleries bringing art to the masses. And as right. long as we can keep it on the forefront um, this way through an advertising platform or through social media, I think I don't I don't know if it's gonna dwindle. I mean, people need it. People want it. Do you guys think Charlotte is an artsy city or just a city with art in it? City with art in it right now. <laughs> We're hoping to change the tide on that. So expound yeah. on that. Yeah. Whew. You know, I um, at, being here for six years, we've provided an advertising platform for 112 artists since 2014 in the Charlotte region. And... Uh, I, you know, I know that we're making an impact, but I still don't feel like Charlotte is known for the arts. I think we're on the cusp of something right now, but we're not quite there yet. So I'll, I just want to keep being able to do this and bringing art to the forefront of everybody who lives in our, you know, our region. Um, we got a lot of work to do. This is not an art city. Okay. Uh, no disrespect. No, no. it's not. And Charlotte's still trying to find its identity in a lot of ways. It's still a fairly young city in a lot of ways. And I think uh, almost like my wine taste, you know, uh, I haven't had as much exposure right. to wine. So I like, I still drink Moscato when <laughs> I can get a lot more. I put it out there. Sorry. <laughs> Apologize. Listen, no, keep it real, baby. Keep it real. Keep it real. But Charlotte is that way, though. I think uh, in time, um, Charlotte will develop more of a, a patina and a little bit more sophistication about everything, about food, about art, about music. You know, I know that Charlotte used to be a place where people could come and hear live jazz easily yeah and, yeah, um, yeah yeah the yeah jazz community i understand has tried try, several times yeah. to have a resurgence mm -hmm. but uh so i think i think as the city matures um its taste and its uh appreciation for all aesthetics i think will grow in time mm -hmm. I want to go back to that word. You can tell he's an artist. Patina. Did you hear that? I did. The patina. I that. <laughs> that is great, though. That's a great yeah. way to describe that is. it. Yeah, that's a great way so, Marvin, what, tell people the medium of art that you make. Where, you sure. know, tell, type, talk about the art that you make. What I can do is talk about what I do lately. I've been doing cityscapes in the medium of oil. And um, uh, I'm a mark maker, so I'm, I'm painting cities through the multiplicity of art uh, of mark making but uh what i enjoy is anything that makes a mark so i work in pen and ink i work in watercolors uh, i love oils and um people don't know it but i i've done uh, uh abstracts mm -hmm. for a long time so hopefully in the next few months people will start seeing some things they haven't seen so so talk about your progression as an artist you started off doing what? Uh, well, I, I got a degree from the Art Institute of Pittsburgh in 1985. And the best thing about that experience was uh, to be under the tutelage of a Henry Kerner. Uh, I should say the late Henry Kerner. He was an Italian painter. And um, 
uh, through the 60s, early 60s, he and into the 70s, he painted uh, portraits for Time Magazine covers. And uh, uh, so Harry Belafonte and Queen Elizabeth, he's painted all these people, and I had him as an instructor. Wow. And so, um, uh, but I took about a 27-year detour in corporate America uh, doing what at that time was called the responsible thing until I found myself approaching 50 and thought I don't want to I don't want to spend the rest of my life just doing what I have to do and so um, I, I took a stab at it about a year and three months ago and so um, in the last 60 days I signed a contract with Sozo Gallery mm-hmm. they're representing me and uh, doing a great job and we're also proud of you uh, Wendy and I were talking about that earlier um, Wendy how does that make you feel when you see artists that are art pop street gallery artists, former, past, present, mm-hmm. and you start seeing some of this this traction. Oh my gosh! Um, you know, I feel like the proud mama. Um, you know, just I'm so proud of all the artists and what what everything that you hope for, what I've dreamed of for this program is what's happening to these artists. So it's like heart sore stuff. You know, you just feel so proud, and you love to see them being successful and being able to be full time artists. It's it's you know everything I've dreamed of. And so I'm, is that how you measure? How do you measure success? So we absolutely measure success by um, sales, increase in sales, um, artists being able to go full time. You know, so a lot of artists work a full time day job and mm-hmm. they do their art. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, and people don't realize that. But you know, the the true success is when somebody is able to go full time. They've been selling so much work and have been so successful through the program that they've been able to come full, um, become full-time artists. That is thumbs up, the best thing that we could ever do. But we, we really do everything from all the way from the beginning of confidence and having confidence in your work because you were juried into the program to, um, to collaborations and selling more work. But the, the feeling is just great pride, just so happy for them, so happy for their success. Mm. I'm watching everything. I love to see them grow. It's just mm. it's beautiful. Can you name some former Art pop street gallery artists. Oh yeah, who are doing some amazing things. Yeah, so um, this year we've had a, um, a tremendous amount of success. But some of the things that stand out for me are like Nick Napolitano. Nick, um, wow. everybody knows Nick. Nick. Nick was in our program in 2015. He's just blown up. He's all over the all over the country. So many of our artists, you know, not just in Charlotte but across the country, just watching them grow and watching them, you know, change what they're doing and how they go about their art, even some of the things that you're talking about that you're going to be going into, just watching them grow and watching their art grow and their sometimes their discipline changing and everything they do going from one extreme to the other and one discipline to the other. Just a beautiful thing to watch. So what does successful engagement look like to the both of you? One, as, as an executive director, and then one, as an artist. What does engagement look like for you? So for, for Art Pop, really, it's, um, it's about um, people engaging with, with the organization. Is mm-hmm. that what you yeah, mean? Yeah. yeah. So, um, gosh, we get everything from people reaching out to say thank you for making their commutes better, <laughs> um, uh, engagement on social media, engagement on our websites, people reaching out, when are you open your call, when are you coming to our city? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we hear it all. We hear it all. And, um, you know, one of the sweetest stories that ever happened was actually in Florida. Um, I got, a, I got a, uh, a handwritten letter from a lady who was driving on I-95 in Florida and saw an art pop billboard. She wasn't having a very good day. She saw the billboard. It just kind of changed her whole attitude, and um, and she sent she sent a check, a, a donation check, and it oh, was wow. just you know that's um, what you want. Yeah. So she, you know they see it. They went to our website. She reached out to me, and you know a handwritten letter is a, a pretty great thing these days. And uh, she was just so moved by the project and wanted to find out more and wanted to know, donate. So you said Florida. Where else? Because I think, you know, for folk listening here, they're probably thinking Charlotte is, is it. But talk about the other locations. So we are headquartered here in Charlotte in Plaza Midwood. But we have um, served artists in 14 cities and 11 states since 2014. And today we're in six cities and five states. And that's Pennsylvania, Illinois, Las Vegas, North Carolina, Ohio, wow. and um, it also a second city in North Carolina. We're in the triad area. Hmm. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. So Marvin, talk about engagement with your art how does that work how does that look well you know uh for me it's it it looks a little different than uh, on my end but 
uh, I walked into the Starbucks that I go to all the time a couple months ago, and the barista behind the counter said, hey, you're Marvin Espy. <laughs> I said, indeed I am. You've been, <laughs> you've been serving me coffee all year. So you should know me, right? And she said, no, no, but you're Marvin Espy. I saw your bill, billboard. I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, it's, it's in Fort Mill. Yeah. And uh, apparently, she drives up to Charlotte from Fort Mill. She saw the billboard with my name on it. On thought, 77, is it? On 77, 77. And thought, wait a minute, I know that name. And she recognized you know, the name, but she didn't know I was an artist. So that's one way. The other thing is when, you, you know, it's the magic of social media that uh, people that knew me in high school, is the kid who liked to draw, now they see... A billboard and so for for all those folks uh i'm i'm famous now oh. or i'm you know and and i appreciate the sentiment but I, you know but it's for them it's it's a sense of hometown pride it's um you know cincinnati kid does well yeah. and all of that you know it helps it helps my image and but it, it boosts my confidence too you know I mean, it's a little, they're stretching a little bit, you know, they, I'm not, I'm not Jay-Z or, well, I won't go there. <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it feels good for people to, to feel good about what you're doing. It should. Yeah. And, and also in, in the malls too. So it's not just yeah. the billboards. Talk about other places people can see. You know the artist. Yeah, so in addition to having 20 billboards throughout the greater Charlotte region through our dear friends at Adams Outdoor Advertising of Charlotte, we have um, 32 digital billboards throughout the Charlotte airport at gates A through D uh, where we feature two artists um, for an entire month. And then we have 10 newsstands in Uptown. We have three shopping centers with a company called Audience Media, and that's Waverly, Ballantine Village, and Ray Farms. And then um, some of our artists have been uh, like curated locally at the North Lake Mall, and Marvin's one of them. So um, we, have, uh, we have some displays where you would normally see a coming soon, like H&M coming soon, mm -hmm. um, and a store barricade. Instead of seeing an, a coming soon message, you see um, some of our pop artists. Marvin and that's been, SB artists. Ooh, yeah. You I like know. that. It's I great. do like that. Huge. You know, it's just, it, we're... And they're huge. And I, and I think, you know, massive. that's what, when you see them, particularly, I, you know, I... On you know either 277, 77 doesn't matter. I mean, driving someplace and then you look up and in your normal expectation is to see you know Novant or right. something selling you know Chick selling yes yeah, selling something, <laughs> and then you you see this this beautiful work of art and then you can it's prominently featuring the artist's name, yep. which shouldn't get lost you know right. within the within the work, and then that I hope triggers folk to say well you know what I need to know more about. Mm -hmm. blah, blah, right. blah 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 yeah and we make that very easy so um the billboards and all the advertising send you to artpopstreetgallery.com when you go into the website you go on to our meet our artist tab and you can look up any piece of art that you've ever seen in any city since 2014 and um you can look at that person's art that you see on the billboard but in addition to that you can also go straight to their website and be able to engage with them so with with your advertising background and doing billboards did you know they had to look a certain way or was it just you know when you when you put them up there you know the art's going to be kind of loud mm -hmm. i mean getting them just right how did how did that play you into know it? um when we when we open the call up we have very very um distinct uh, specifications on how you have to crop your art so we do know what what lends itself well but it's also a juried show so maybe there are some things that you know maybe I wouldn't have juried in but the but the consensus of the group is that they would work but yeah there there's definitely some clearness that you have to have into your um, into your piece of art so that people can take it in um, when you're at the airport you get the luxury of sitting in front it's of it digital. when you're at the shopping centers yeah. you get the the luxury of sitting in front of it but when you're on you're on the highway you probably are driving somewhere between 55 and 75 miles per hour mm -hmm. so we know when we're first looking at that art is does it just grab you you know is it just in your face in that quick eight to ten seconds that you get to engage with it right yeah when you when you got the call that you were going to be part of Arch, Art Pop Street Gallery, what was what was the? Yeah, I was elated. Uh, I didn't. I mean, I was super excited just at the prospect of having a billboard. I had no idea 
that it would manifest in so many other ways. I didn't know that there was going to be the pop-up show and uh, the the like the digital billboards and the opportunity at the mall. And then um, I didn't uh, recognize then how much it uh, made me legitimate. You know, it's it's one thing to you would think that your work kind of speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, the third-party confirmation from a juror show that says, "Oh yeah, this this is legitimate," and it's you know to the tune of you know in, in our case individually a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year worth of legitimacy. That I think is those kind of steps that uh, afforded me to to be in the gallery now, to be represented, and to elevate the price of my work. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a good experience. When you talk about that legitimacy, and and again, you know, you put a dollar amount on that. Mm-hmm. Talk about what that is for ArtPod. What it ends up working out for is for our Charlotte program, we provide three million dollars worth of advertising space to twenty artists each year. So you can imagine. Say that wait, three. Three, Three million, million M's, M's people. Yes, yeah. So, you know, just take that in. If, you, if, if you're part of a $3 million ad campaign, people are going to see you. You know, people wow. are going to know you. People are going, and, you know, the art just continues to get better and better and better every year. You know, we're um, the caliber of artists that are, are applying and, and hoping to get in, you know, you can see it. It just is, it's incredible. You know, it's incredible. And it's been life changing for so many of these artists and to be a part of, um, helping artists be able to be successful. I don't know that I could have a better job. So how much harder is it getting to select artists now? It's it's terribly hard. Um, you know, we get a tremendous amount of applications in, and that's always a day of, like, um, it's super stressful because you want to help so many people, but you can only choose 20 out of all the applications that come in for the Charlotte region each year. And uh, but, you, but you really do see the caliber just continuing to grow. Um, we have one of our artists this year that's in the program is wildly successful and has been in, in lots of countries, but he's not so much known in locally in, in the Charlotte region. And that's of course changing but it's just it's great to see all the different levels that we get even with our high school student you know and she's going on to SCAD this week and um, starting off at SCAD so wow. you know it's just exciting to see all these things happen to folks. Talk about the pop-up shows. Um, so four times a year at the La Meridian Hotel from 6 to 9 p.m. once a quarter we have five artists so we take our 20 artists in 2019 and divide that up into four different shows and so we have a, a opportunity for our community to come out and meet five of our artists our next one is September 28th from 6 to 9 it's always um, it's always free and open to the public to come in but you get to meet and engage with and buy artwork from um, the artist directly with no gallery markup or anything like that it's just a beautiful Beautiful night to engage with local artists in a very intimate setting um, and be able to talk to the artists about their body of work and what they do and we have so many different types of disciplines of artists so it's not just painters and photographers we have a little bit of everything but hopefully come out and see us on September 28th it'll be our last one of 2019 how can people in Charlotte learn to appreciate um, art and community engagement events that are around cultural activities Say it one more time. So how can people in Charlotte learn how to appreciate art? How can we get them more appreciative, but okay. also when it comes to community events, stuff like the ASC that puts on, yeah. things like, how do we get people involved in that stuff? Yeah. I, I think, um, it, like with anything, you have to go experience it. You know, you can, you, you don't know how you feel about something in, until you, uh, you know, get in a car, drive to a place, and, and, get, and get involved with it. And then, uh, you after you get out and see work, you may find that you appreciate one facet of it more than another facet, and gives you something to get some traction on. And uh, and then I think ultimately, when you make an investment, when you decide, you know, um, I want to curate my own home. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want 
I don't want to just have rooms to go art on my wall. <laughs> which, we like to know, say target art around here, yeah, but it's yeah. the same thing. There and um, there are artists behind that. Work, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't have you don't have necessarily have a connectivity to or the that. intrinsic so, value. That yeah, you yeah. Bought this yourself. So and picked it, it out. Yeah. Yeah. So when you when you have an opportunity like at the pop up show where you can have a conversation with an artist whose work is right there, and you can understand maybe the story behind the work or 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 his process or her process or how they came to be an artist and then you buy a piece and bring it home and go through the process of having it framed and hang it in your dining room uh now it means something to you and then you you have a story to share with your family mm-hmm. or when you have guests in your home mm-hmm. you got something to talk about rather than plugging in Netflix or something like that you can actually engage about a piece of art and where the artist is from and what he meant or what she meant when she did this piece that's you know could be much more interesting than than the normal you know conversation around particularly living artists uh, no doubt and one of the things that I I love about art pop is the community that we've built and making it accessible to everybody you know there are times when I think people are uncomfortable in a certain setting. They may um, feel like it's um, high, highbrow. Highbrow, yeah. Um, and one of the things that I'm so proud of at Art Pop is um, the accessibility we provide to everyone. We don't care where you live, where you come from, what your income is, any of those types of things. We want everybody to get to see art. So we make it really accessible, but then through these events that we have, we make the artists accessible. And when you can um, engage with the artists and understand why they do what they do and you hear the stories behind it, there's just a, there's a, there's a closeness to that and I think people embrace that and that's something that they want to have and then that part of being able to talk about that like I love mm-hmm. when people come to my home so I can talk to you right. about all of my pieces yeah. and tell you about these artists you know I love I love every one of them you know and they all have wonderful stories that's to right. tell right. and we need to engage with them and we need to buy from them and we need to help them be successful Keith I understand there's a story around the piece behind you mm, a little bit you want to tell us a little bit about yeah, that? It's not about me tonight. <laughs> it's about you. But that is a Ron Adams piece. Yes. It's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, we'll tell that story All right. another time. But, but, I, but I think going back to stories, you know, and we, we, we broached the topic of living artists, mm-hmm. that, you know, in your experience, and, and you are an, are an artist, people always ask me all the time, you know, about artists, and they're like, are they weird? And people think that artists are weird you know, living off in some space in their head. And I'm saying, no, like, if you really just Mm -hmm. walk up, particularly at a show, Mm -hmm. you know, the artist is usually there, and people may not know what the artist looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're thinking this guy's going to be a recluse. Um, (laughs) They think all kinds (laughs) of things. things. And, and, And I tell people all the time, you know, just ask a question about the art because they love explain the art please let people know that and also in your experience of working artists that people want this information wow. i mean tell them. they do i really appreciate that question yeah you know um so for most of my life i've been kind of a closet artist i mean that i'm doing art that hasn't left my home mm-hmm. but in this last year i've been in a physical art community and then of course my exposure with uh charlotte uh, uh art pop uh, street gallery I, I've got another community but um, artists are people that ask questions mm-hmm. that's what I've learned the artists around me they ask questions like so um, so tell me how you know um, they asked uh, why did you believe that and then uh, th- how can you demonstrate that or why do you feel that way about those things and so artists are people that are that I think are asking questions and and many times much more courageously than what you see outside mm-hmm. of that. And I, f- coming from a corporate environment, um, I've been uh, challenged by how um, genuine and transparent the artists I've met are about social issues, mm-hmm. about their faith, or about... Um, uh, injustices or even just their own personal history artists take their own um 
atrocities against them and, and they put, put it, it on a canvas. canvas. That's right. I know an artist who will write out on a on a raw canvas uh, the the things she's feeling inside, good, bad, or ugly, and then do a painting on top of that. Wow. And so when you buy her work, her soul is literally on that canvas. And so, you know, our, I think uh, what's weird is for people to be so genuine or for people to be so honest so and raw yeah. and transparent. Mm-hmm. You don't incorporate, and I know from my many years in it, uh, corporate is not a place for you to get uh, one to get raw, or to get super honest, or or to be transparent because transparency will get you fired. <laughs> Sometimes you know what I mean, or it'll get you ostracized, or or you know even if people can relate to it, it's like bro, you can keep that to yourself, kind of thing. You know. So real quick, what are some questions? someone can ask you if they're you know if they're at a show and you're there to kind of break that ice or make people feel a little bit more at ease when approaching an artist what are some questions oh, you'd love to that's hear that's a good question uh, a lot of times what people ask is so what did you mean what did this mean a good a, a better question sometimes is can you tell me a little bit about the process that go. led led you to this and I think that's an easy in because because you're uh, going to be open enough to yeah. answer that. Yeah. And the other person doesn't feel so because I think you know you broached on that early about the high brow, yeah. you know this elitist feel. And there's so many people who want to engage and go, but a lot of times they're going to feel intimidated, particularly on the entrance, and then particularly talking about abstract art, and they're looking at it and thinking maybe I'm just dumb and I don't know what that is or you know right. what's going on. Right. When more I think. Part of this podcast is to you know mine and boil this down for folk to make it simple and easy, yes. so they can do this. And so I think questions like that, you know, giving them, you know, here's a great question to ask yeah. when you walk into a gallery and you can sound it's like the cliff notes, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, for 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 perusing an art gallery. So um, real quick, so Wendy, talk about the future of art pop. What, what do you see? You know, this year we added a couple of new. Um, uh, benefits for our artists, and one of those was um, uh, juring in a senior high school art student, providing a scholarship for them. And then the second was our um, artist university course. So we're we're offering a two day business course to all of our artists, so that they can truly understand how to be successful full time artists. And so those two things, I really want to um, get into more and making sure that while we're providing this advertising platform, that we are also making it really easy for folks to become full-time artists or as easy as possible and giving them all the things that they will need but where I see us going right now is probably into some major metro markets across Mm -hmm. the country Um, cities that fund the arts cities that are supportive of the arts um, and and I would like to do some tests in some major metros and see how that goes so that we can have more exposure for our artists okay so now for folk that are trying to you know, get into art, get into the business, and folks trying to be artists, tips. Give two tips from you and two tips from you, Marvin. I would say um, be very comfortable in your own skin. I think that's really important. A lot of artists are um, could could be on the introverted side. I need. I think artists need to get really comfortable in talking about their work and owning their work and pricing their work mm. and not having that, um, well, how much would you pay for it or... Or, you know, if somebody's seeing a piece of work and they're saying, how much is it? And that artist isn't ready for that conversation. You need to be ready for that conversation. Mm. Your work is valued. It's valuable. And be able to talk about it and be able to price it. Ditto, ditto, ditto. <laughs> no, uh, art, too many artists uh, aren't accustomed to talking about their work. That's right. The work, so you, right. Yeah. So you have, you have to um, have a narrative and, and start being comfortable talking about and expressing yourself regarding your work. That's the first thing. The second thing is do a lot of work. Mm. Um, if, if you, whether you are full-time or whether you have a studio or whether you're doing it at home, do as much work as you can. Uh, because um, uh, if, you, if you have any aspiration of doing it as a career, one, you got to have a, a large enough body of work to show. Right. But second, um, doing a lot of work increases your skill. You, uh, nothing disappoints me more than someone uh, aspiring to be a full-time artist 
but not really working on their craft. Mm-hmm. Any other occupation, the expectation sure. is for you to be good at your craft. That's right. Don't be my accountant and then not know how to run numbers. So I, as an artist, you got to... 10,000 shots. You got you you, to take, you take the 10,000 yep. shots. Okay. What would 16-year-old Wendy... What would you tell 16-year-old Wendy right now? Be more patient. Be more patient. It's all coming together. Yeah, yeah, it all is all coming together. Yeah, I think I was in such a hurry, you know. Um, don't be in such a hurry and just be more patient. It's all going to come. And what would you tell 16-year-old Marvin right now? Do it. Good. Go for your passion. You know, I, I took, like I said, I took a detour. And I, I don't regret it necessarily because I learned a lot being in that corporate environment. But if I had to do it over again, um, I would not have listened to the to the naysayers um uh people have good intentions when they say get a real job or they suggest that you get a quote-unquote real job but um but uh you gotta you got you only get one life and um if you spend a large part of it doing what people think you should do rather than what you really are passionate about yeah dream big yeah (laughs) Tell everybody how they can find you guys. You can find me at artpopstreetgallery.com. <laughs> Easy. Uh, at Art by SB on Instagram. Look them up. F- it's beautiful. It is. Make sure you look them up. So I want to thank you both thank you. for coming um, on the podcast. This, is, this has been very informative. Um, you both are doing amazing things in our community. So we want to just continue to keep it up, keep doing it. Um, and continue to brighten up this city with the work that you're doing. Thanks for having us. Always. And remember, you can catch Crafted with Cradle on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. New episodes every month, again, here on Sweet929.tv. You can always find me, Keith Cradle, Ph.D., on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also follow our Facebook page, Crafted with Cradle. So, as always, I'd like to raise a toast to the brilliant work that you all are doing. Cheers. 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 Until next time. Find Crafted with Cradle on iTunes and iHeartRadio. Check out video of the show at dailymotion.com and sweet929.tv.